This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. The pandemic has affected nearly all Americans, but among the hardest hit are nonprofit organizations, especially those serving local communities. One of the things that we have learned with COVID-19 is that populations that were already at risk were at greater risk, and those are the populations that nonprofits serve. Then, brain disease has become the number one cause of disability, with Parkinson's the fastest growing disease. One expert says there needs to be more focus on prevention. Much is focused on treatments, and that's important, but we can likely prevent people from ever developing Parkinson's disease, and we need to do much more to do that, both on the research side and on the policy side. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. The pandemic has affected nearly all Americans, but among the hardest hit are nonprofits, many serving local communities. Here to talk with us about this is Danielle Holly, CEO of Common Impact, a nonprofit organization headquartered in New York. Danielle, your group released a report that describes the categories of nonprofits that may have suffered the most due to COVID-19. Let's start with that. What types of organizations did you find were hardest hit? The way that the pandemic hit nonprofits was different, but what was similar is that every nonprofit was hit. And Sea Change Capital, which is another nonprofit consulting firm, released a way for us to think about that. And there are three types of nonprofits the responders. So these are the organizations like food banks and homeless shelters, domestic violence shelters that saw their the demand for their services spike when COVID hit and saw the resources they had, the volunteers, the financial resources they had go way down. So they were suddenly being asked to do much more with much less. And those are the organizations that were hardest hit immediately. Then there are the hibernators, those organizations that were entirely unable to operate during COVID-19 and often are still have their doors shut. And arts and culture organizations, some education-based organizations, place-based programs that absolutely had to shut their doors. And a lot of those organizations have had to close their doors forever. And those are organizations that right now we're really recommending for those that have a chance to open organizations and donors, volunteers supporting those organizations and coming back online. And then there were the hybrid organizations, and these were the organizations that were least impacted. They were able to bring their models to a virtual environment. They were able to maintain funding, and they weren't the organizations that saw their services peak in demand with COVID-19. So these are education organizations, civic engagement organizations, capacity building organizations, all organizations that are providing vital services, but weren't as acutely hit by COVID-19. Many nonprofits survive through corporate donations and, you know, large donors. Were those suffering as well under this pandemic and maybe they stopped giving money to nonprofits? 
We actually saw the opposite. We saw a vast increase in intent to give and actual donations and in volunteer service and companies that, and foundations as well, that are particularly pretty stringent with their guidelines for their nonprofit partners and expect a certain amount of service or a certain, their grant guidelines really provide barriers around the ways in which money is used at nonprofits, really relaxed those restrictions, said, use your money, use our money and our volunteers in whatever way you need to, to survive. And so we saw a real spirit of partnership coming from the corporate sector and from individual volunteers. We're talking with Danielle Hawley, CEO of Common Impact, a nonprofit organization, and we're talking about how the pandemic has affected nonprofits across the country. Danielle, I don't know if you calculated this, but in terms of the many citizens that nonprofits serve across the country, do you have any idea how many people were affected by this beyond the nonprofits, but really going to the people that they serve? Nonprofits serve those who were most impacted by this. One of the things that we have learned with COVID-19 is that marginalized communities, low and moderate income communities, populations that were already at risk were at greater risk. And those are the populations that nonprofits serve. One of the things that we're seeing right now is a deepening digital divide, meaning those individuals that don't have access to broadband, that don't have access to computers and technology are not able to access the vital services that they need, whether that's health services, telehealth from nonprofits, whether that's educational services. We've seen about 30% of kids in this country are not going back to school because they don't have computers and technology to enable them to do so. So this is what right now nonprofits are trying to solve for, right? Even those that have been able to pivot to a virtual environment are trying to figure out how they can reach their constituents. How about volunteerism as far as nonprofits go? We have social distancing, of course, in place. People aren't able to gather together as they once were. Did this really impact these nonprofits in terms of their volunteers? The responder organizations that I had mentioned before, those food banks and community health centers that saw the spike in demand, they are largely reliant on a direct service volunteer workforce. And most of their volunteer workforce are boomers that are 50 plus in age. And those were the most vulnerable populations when COVID hit. And so they saw a dramatic decrease in willingness fairly of that population to volunteer. And so they lost that resource and have been trying to identify individuals that are in lower risk populations to support them and they have not yet recovered. One of the things that we're seeing heading into election season is a dearth of poll workers, which are also from that same population, don't want to put themselves at risk, fearing a false spike. And so really seeking young volunteers to raise their hand. We have seen nationally and regionally a real increase in interest in volunteering, two to 300% increase in places like New York Cares and LinkedIn that have volunteer opportunities. We're seeing a lot of interest and passion and the challenge that the nonprofits are trying to solve is activating those volunteers, finding the right opportunities for them. 
Danielle, looking ahead in time, at some point, we're hoping all of this will come back to the way it was, or at least partially. How do you see the system being restored? What has to happen for things to get back to normal? We need to create safe spaces for nonprofits to bring their programs online. We need to create resources as part of what the organization I run, Common Impact, does, create the connection between the individuals who want to give, donate, and volunteer, and the nonprofits that need that support. There's often a real mismatch between intent to volunteer and give and those nonprofits that need support. Some nonprofits, the last thing they need right now is volunteers, and some nonprofits, that's all they need. And so working with the organizations that know how to direct that resource is where we need to place our energies. Tell us a little bit about Common Impact. Common Impact was founded 20 years ago to support building the capacity of nonprofits that alleviate inequality and doing that through what we call skilled volunteerism, aligning the talents and expertise to the challenges at nonprofits that they are best positioned to address. And in the context of COVID-19, have really been thinking about how can the private sector be a force for resiliency and recovery from the crisis, which is where the COVID-19 nonprofit impact report that we've just released came from, talking to hundreds of nonprofits and companies to figure out what that right intersection of support is. What would you say to our listeners in terms of ways they could perhaps help nonprofits in their communities? Work with your companies, figure out what your employers are doing for nonprofits and how you can plug in. Sign up to be a poll worker in your local election. Very easy to do that for younger volunteers. Go to commonimpact.org and you can find out how to donate your skills, expertise in a pro bono capacity. There are organizations that need your support and it's just about finding the right one. Danielle Holly, CEO of Common Impact, a nonprofit organization headquartered in New York. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Next, preventing and curing brain disease. That story straight ahead. There's more info track coming up. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 